Well, I love the community that God is building here. I love just your hearts for worship. I mean, it's a gift. Don't you think every time we gather, no matter where we're gathering, just to worship God in a spirit like we experience when we're together. We are in the second week of our series that we're calling The Way, and we're considering one of the things that Jesus said. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And the question that we're asking each week is, could the way Jesus lived his life actually reveal a truth that leads to life, a life that God desires for us, a a life that perhaps we desire? And so we are learning the ways of Jesus. We're saying, where have perhaps we've lost our way, and how do we align our lives, our ways, back to his so this gap between the life we're living and the life that we most desire, we can see that shrink and even close so that we're all living the way of Jesus. To help guide us, we're reading the book, the Gospel of Luke, together. Luke, uh, as a Greek and as a doctor, had this unusual perspective to see things in details Uh, that the other gospel writers didn't. And so we're reading the gospel of Luke. You can read it at your own pace. Read a little bit at a time. You might want to read whole sections, chapters. You might even read the whole book. Read it several times. Read it with your kids. In the evenings, mornings, it's up to you. But we're asking ourselves, what do I learn about the way of Jesus with God himself and others through the eyes of Luke? If you don't have a Bible... I would say borrow one of ours. We have them in the back. They even have some little study notes. And if you need a Bible or you want a Bible of your own, just talk to us. We'll make sure that you can have, get, buy one of those because we want to have the Word of God, the Scriptures, in all of our hands. The other thing I would remind you is that all of our messages and even some of the key points that you'll see up on the screen, we post those on Facebook. So if you're not part of our Facebook community, Christ Church Downers Grove, go there. And you get to see messages, we have other updates throughout the weeks, and just the life of the community of what's happening there. Last week, we considered the way of Jesus' rhythms. If you watch Jesus' life each day, he tends to, most days, kind of start in quiet, then he journeys with the few, and then he's pouring his life out to many, and then it almost reverses. He returns back to those few, often around the table. And then into silence and solitude and even prayer before he then retires or rests. He knew how to be on and engage, but he knew how to disengage and turn the switch off. And we said, perhaps, we know how to be on, that's not the issue. Perhaps where we've lost our way is that we don't know how to disengage. We don't know how to to turn it off, even the screens. Um, This week, we're going to talk about the good way of serving and loving others. But before we do, we're going to do a little brainstorming exercise. And I need a volunteer who's not afraid to write some words on this little whiteboard. And we're going to put it up on the screen so you can see in just a second. But is there someone that would be willing to just, this is your chance. If you always wanted to be a teacher. All right, there we go. Who is coming? What's your name? Pam. Can we say thanks, Pam? There's a marker over there. Just kind of stand off to one side as people start brainstorming. And what I always do, if it's a big word or you don't know how to spell it, you just start it and then do the squiggly. There's lots of squigglies whenever I'm at the board. And so here's the question. If you were having a barbecue or a gathering at your house and you just threw this question out to your friends, you say, 
What is the first thing you think of? What comes to mind when you hear the word church? What do you think your friends would say? And shout it out. We're interactive here. People. Community. House of God. Friends. Praise. Body. Prayer? Okay. Worship. All right. How, how, how much room do we have? Oh, wow. That's, we're doing good. We can do a little bit more. Let's have a couple more. What's that? Family. Jesus. So sometimes I just ask this question. I, I love to embarrass my family. So occasionally, like we're in the line at the grocery store, I'll just say, what do you think of when you hear the word church? I often hear things like building, services, some of those others, right? So maybe we're skewed a little bit, but certainly it's those. Uh, here's what I find. Oftentimes, our language, we live in a very noun-centric kind of language. A noun is what? <clears throat> a person, place, or thing, right? It's concrete. And so oftentimes when we make these lists, it tends to feel a little bit like a noun, especially when people are saying like building and so forth. But think about our language. We say, where do you go to church? What time does your church or your church service begin? Boy, I'm excited to go to church today. Wasn't church good today? Wow, I love going to Christ Church Downers Grove. Do you, do you see how even our language and how we talk about church seems to make it a thing? Well, it wasn't always like that. It wasn't always like that. The early church, uh, in fact, even their culture used language a little different. Instead of uh, saying something like a noun, like we just say chair, but the reality is it's wood and metal and fabric all put together in such a way that it has four legs to support the weight on the flat surface of a human being. We just say chair. But they were a little more descriptive sometimes in how they talked. And so those the early church people, they weren't called uh, Christians so much as in the book of Acts nine times, the church is referred to as people of the way. I love that. People of the way. It was, there was something alive in motion with this thing that we call church happening in the first century. So we're going to do one more list. This time, we're going to pretend church is a verb. It's an action word. Okay, It's something that has action. And so if we were going to brainstorm a new list, if church was a verb, what kind of words or images come to mind? Loving. Say worship or is it worship? Being, right? So we'll say worshiping, Loving. serving, Loving. singing, Loving. fellowship, being, forgiving, Loving. learning, Loving. growing, feeding. Where are you? Where are you going to lunch? That's what I want to. I'm hanging with you, Mike, after service. Well, loving, good, receiving, praying. Transforming. How are we doing, Pam? You getting them all those? Grace. So let me ask you, which church would you want to be a part of? As soon as Pam steps to the left. You're wonderful. Thank you. Can we thank Pam? You're awesome. 
Would you want to be a part of the church on this side or the church on this side? Point with your arms. Which direction? Why? Why would you want to be a part of that side? It's active. It's alive. We're drawn to things that have life. Um, you know, Dallas Willard once said, how we spend our day is how we spend our lives. How we spend our day is, of course, how we spend our lives. And I think Dallas is on to something because how we spend each day over and over again, days become weeks, weeks, months, years, and then whole sections of our life, the rhythms and the life that we live, it does shape us and it forms us. And I believe when Jesus said, I am the way, I think he was as much saying how I live life is actually going to reveal something good to you. In addition to I'm the way as in like the big picture that I'm bringing this kingdom and this is the way to God. I think he meant both. But when he said, follow me, I really think he wanted us to follow him and to learn how he did things and learn to imitate that. But you can take not my words for it. You can take the words of Scripture. Remember in John 13, Jesus washes the disciples' feet. He puts the towel around them, uh, and he takes on the posture of a servant. You see, in a, in a home, like a member of the home wouldn't do this. This was reserved for kind of a servant role. And certainly an honored guest would never wash someone's feet. But Jesus does this for his disciples. And then he says, do you understand what I've done for you? I have set you an example that you should do as I have now done for you. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if what? You do them. Live my way. And you find that there is blessing. Uh, Jesus, at the Sermon on the Mount, we preached through the passage right before this, just a couple months ago. But Jesus was talking about salt and light. He gets salt. It's this active ingredient that, that it preserves, it flavors, it it. it impacts what it touches and then jesus says in the same way let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven good deeds random acts of kindness but it's it's kindness it's the serving others in the name of jesus and the way jesus did and he says god gets glory people are drawn to god and the life that you're living when you're living my way at the end of the gospel of john It says, Jesus did many other things as well. If every single one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. Jesus had a way of doing good. And I think every single day, or else you wouldn't need a whole world's library to record it. This was how Jesus did his life every day. Every day. It's why we're so crazy excited to invite people into the ways of service of serving others in fact two of our values that define who we are as a church a christ church are these and they have to do with service it says we go all in for generous service giving our gifts gifts to help others our time our talents our resources giving back what god has given us because it's how we imitate god that's what jesus was saying back in the gospel of john And our other value is that we are all about life-changing love, loving people extravagantly, meaning beyond normal, is the power and the priority of God. This is what Jesus was doing all the time. One of the questions I ask myself 
especially when I'm tracking with this, living the way of Jesus a little intentionally. And like you, I don't always keep my focus on that. But when I am, I find I'm asking myself this question, how can I love and serve the people that I'm with right now? Wherever they're at, whatever the conversation, whatever the needs, but how can I love and serve the people I'm with right now? Could you, do you think your life would look different? Your days would be lived different if you were thinking about how can I love and serve that person I'm with right now or that I will be with later in the day to have those kind of eyes to just want to move towards others with this life-changing love, with this heart of generous service. To help us see the way of Jesus' life, Steve Smith wrote a book called The Jesus Life. It's a book that we gave to all of our founding core people back in December but he has this summary of how Jesus kind of went about his days. And this is, what, this is what he says. He says to women who were treated like possessions, Jesus gave dignity and recognition. To the poor, he gave worth and value. To the sick, he brought healing and comfort. To those trapped in religion or human effort, Jesus did good by bringing freedom and a loving relationship. To outsiders, he treated them as if they were insiders. To the disenfranchised, he brought them into the kingdom of God and said that they counted and that they mattered. To the overlooked and those who did not belong, Jesus gave them assurance and belonging. We could list, we could go on and on. But I believe this is why John said there's just not enough room in this world if we were going to write down the way of good and serving that Jesus was all about every single day. That's why Jesus taught stories like the Good Samaritan. An ordinary day, going along, a guy who is probably the most unlikely person to serve or help someone else, the Samaritan, finding this Jewish man, he, he goes out of his way, he invests his time, he, invests, he, he serves this guy to meet his needs in a sacrificial way, interrupting his ordinary day. Jesus tells a story of a good and faithful servant where a master gives his servants uh, 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 gifts, these talents, large sums of money, but he says, Go put them in action. Invest into my work. And two of them did. But one didn't. He, he buried it. He was afraid. He, he didn't want to use it. And so he just wanted to return it back to his master. And the master says, you're a wicked, lazy servant. Because my gifts that I'm giving you are meant to be used. Are meant to be deployed. Not held on to. That's why in Matthew 20, Jesus says, Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave or your servant, just as the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life for many. Life-changing love, generous service. This was the way of Jesus. And it's interesting, the people of the way, that early community, the early church, if you watch how they lived their life, they got it. They imitated, they, they, they lived the way of Jesus with one another and wherever God was sending them. <clears throat> in Acts chapter 2 and 4, we find the churches devoted to each other. And so they're meeting needs. There's no one that had a needy person among them. And then they're meeting needs and their community. And it said they found favor with all the people. People were noticing there's something about the way of life with these people and they wanted in. And it said God uh, was... Uh, uh, Every day, people were coming in, being saved into the life of this church, these people living 
in this way. In 1 Corinthians 12, actually 12 through 14, three whole chapters, we find uh, what, how do we invest and, and, and live out our gifts with one another in the context of the community that God has brought us in and then extending that beyond. In Ephesians, the book of Ephesians chapter 4, we find when the church is investing and doing good with each other and beyond, it actually builds and strengthens up the church like muscles and tendons and all of that. It makes it strong and it has an impact. In Galatians, it said, let us be people of good works. In 1 Timothy, this young pastor leading this new church in an influential city said, let us be rich in good deeds in serving others. And then, I love this passage, I didn't have it written down but I just thought of it today, Acts chapter 4, verse 13. It says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John, see, they were having to share why they were doing what they were doing. Why were you living the way that you're living? <clears throat> they gave an answer. And then those that were kind of interrogating or interviewing them, so they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, and that they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. That would be enough for me if I end my days on this earth and people said, all we know about Eric is that we know he was with Jesus. Am I living in such a way? Am I living the way of Jesus in my life every single day? I, I pray I'm growing in that direction. The way of the early church was the way of doing good. It was the way of serving others. They were investing into what God was doing in them and then extend, extending it out beyond their walls and to those that they were living life with and, and coming in contact with every single day. And there was something life-giving that people wanted to learn more. They wanted to be a part of that way of life. This is why we love serving together so much because it's just not about setting up and meeting needs, but it, it, it's what happens between us. And the environments that create where God just fills and moves among us. And one of the things we've heard so many times, especially the, the new folks that have been a part of this community, they said, wow, we just, people really just love being together and serving together. We've had that written so many times on comment cards. Wow, we, we're just surprised that people just love being together here. That's why we're, we're biased to just say, get involved in a group or a, at a place of service. Because you're going to find a way of life that may just be a little bit like Jesus that's going to close the gap of what you most desire. There was a video. How many of you were here when we did Project Serve? More than 10 years ago, I think now. <clears throat> a few of you. Cool. We showed a video. We, Project Serve, we, we did these acts of service all over the western suburbs. There were like six, 700 people, and we had projects uh, Bob Stephenson, I saw him in here. He was one of our project leaders to help organize all of this. But we just went out and met needs all over the community. It was fun. But we showed a video that's kind of lived with us for years. I've used it in our membership process. If you've done that over the last 10 years, you may have seen this. But I wanted to show it again. I wanted to show it again because every time it grips me or it brings me back to the way of life, that we're called to live the way that perhaps even Jesus lived his life. Take a look. <sighs> kid, every time I'm pulling out, he's right there. Man, 
And someone needs to talk to his parents if they're ever at home. What is up with the traffic today? It's always, every day, this intersection's always crowded. I hate pulling out of here. Let me see these dumb roads. Oh, there's... <laughs> okay, so I'm not even here. Right. Great lady. The princess of parking. Oh, sure. Take the spot. Way to be considerate. Oh, are you kidding me? Unbelievable. Oh. Thank you, ma'am. Oh, it's about time. Let's see, what do I want? Uh, yeah, can I add a cookie to that order? Yeah, no problem. Yeah, uh, no problem, only guy in the world. I'm sure you need your cookies. The world, your oyster, and he's serving your cookies. Thanks, Thank sir. you so much. Uh -huh. What can I get for you? Uh, yeah, I'll have a tall decaf macchiato. Yeah, sure, no problem. You're And, uh, it might take a few minutes here. We've got quite a line, obviously, and thanks for your patience. Great. Yeah, <laughs> great. Great for me. Waiting again. Unbelievable. supposed to do? How can I, how can I do anything about that? Can I even help with that? I don't, your copy, sir. Oh. I, I can't, I can't take this anymore. I gotta get out of here. Hey, what? the way of Jesus is also a relational way, we're going to do something maybe a little unique. There's three questions on the screen. Just circle up with a couple people right there. You don't have to move your chairs too much, but just answer those three questions. Take maybe three to four minutes, uh, especially that last one, right? Let that 
meaning of that video sink in. Go ahead, just three or four minutes. Just turn and talk to each other about what you just saw. All right. You guys are awesome. Well, let me ask you, do you get it? Can you see it? About a hundred years ago, a man named James Allen Francis wrote a poem called One Solitary Life. I'd love to just read it to you. It says he was born in an obscure village, a child of a peasant woman. He grew up in an, uh, he worked in a carpenter shop until he was 30. He never wrote a book. He never held an office. He never went to college. He never visited a big city. He never traveled more than 200 miles from the place where he was born. He did none of the things usually associated with greatness. He had no credentials but himself. He was only 33. His friends ran away and one of them denied him. He was turned over to his enemies. He went through the mockery of a trial. He was nailed to a cross between two thieves. While dying, his executioners gambled for his clothing. The only property he had on earth when he was dead was that he was laid in a borrowed grave through the pity of a friend. Now, 20 centuries later, have come and gone. And today, Jesus is the central figure in the human race and the leader of mankind's progress. All the armies that have ever marched, all the navies that have ever sailed, all the parliaments that have ever sat, all the kings that have ever reigned, all put together, have not affected the life of mankind on earth more than that one solitary life. Friends, that life lives in you, and it lives in me. And when we start living that same kind of life, the way of that life, it gets multiplied beyond measure. Perhaps there aren't enough books or room in this world to to hold what could happen when that one solitary life is multiplied through people of his way. Margaret Mead, uh, several decades ago, said, never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens, in our context, I'd say, why don't we replace citizens with people of the way, followers of Jesus? Never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed followers of Jesus, people of the way, can change the world. In fact, it's the only thing that ever has. Friends, let's live a verb kind of life with each other. Let's be people of the way. Let's cultivate a heart that just yearns for generous service and and life-changing love towards others. Let's invest into this community in such a way that people want to say, wow, I want to be a part of what is ever going on with those people. Let's keep reading the Gospel of Luke and and learning to see the way of Jesus as given to us through the Scriptures. Think of the possibilities when a small group of people like this begin living out the way of Jesus. I promise you, it will change the world. As you leave, I want you to think about these questions. Actually, we're people of the way, right? We're this verb, active church. Like, let's respond to these three questions, and we'll post them on Facebook this week. It says, where can I serve and build up the church? Where can I find that opportunity? We are committed to helping you do that. Stop and see Randy and the crew out there as you're leaving, but where can you build up this community? And then second, how can I love and serve the people that are right in front of me today? 
Or maybe the question for you is, how can I do good to at least one person today? And then do it again the next day, and then the next day. Friends, I promise you, when we live that way, the world is going to be shaken. Would you pray with me? Holy God, we just give you thanks that you've called us into relationship with you, that called us into relationship with one another, that you have shown us a way. And Lord, that way, when we learn to live into your rhythms, healthy rhythms of being on and off, and when we live in a way that, that loves and serves others just like Jesus did, like you receive glory. We are the best thing happening on planet Earth. And you want it to multiply. You want lives to be changed. You want us to extend this life-changing love, this radical love for others through how we do good and serve them. And so God, grow our hearts. Maybe like the guy in the video, give us the, the right lenses or eyes to see the opportunities around us every single day, even in this room. And God, we're gonna give you praise as other people give you praise when they see there's something about the way of this people, people of the way. God, we ask these things of you in the name of Jesus. And everybody said,